Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, and I am excited about this episode to bring to you. I'm with Ken Campbell, known as the Sheriff. Now he's the General Manager of Gunsight. Is that your correct title? Uh, officially, it's Chief Operating Officer. Oh, Chief Operating Officer. Okay, so you do pretty much uh, a lot of stuff at, at Gunsight Academy, and uh, I had the pleasure of hanging out with you a couple of weeks ago down there for a few days, and, and it was a lot of fun. I've always wanted to go to Gunsight, and I think a lot of folks out there listening to this podcast have thought about going to Gunsight, or they are Gunsight alumni, or um, you know, and they're always looking for a good place to train. And Gunsight has sometimes been referred to as the Jedi Temple, and uh, a few other things. So it's uh, Gunsight. There's man, so many greats have came from Gunsight. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about in this episode is uh, a little bit of history of Gunsight from a guy who could be possibly considered a Gunsight historian, Sheriff Ken here. And we'll be right back and jump right into the show. Primary Weapon Systems, or PWS, is a state-of-the-art machine shop in Boise, Idaho. PWS makes almost all their rifle components in-house, and the parts they don't make, they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the United States. The Mod 2 Series rifles from PWS are some of the most feature-rich ARs on the market. One of those features is the Mod 2 Enhanced Buffer Tube, which has a ratchet lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at primaryweapons.com. Primary Weapon Systems. Because it's time. All right, welcome back. Ken, what is Gunsight? Gunsight is uh, a living and breathing entity. Uh, it's not just a school. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Um, it's uh, a place that uh, helps keep good Americans alive. And how do, you, how do you go about doing that, helping keep good Americans alive? Well... As far as we know, we're the oldest continually operated, owned and operated shooting school in the world. Not not in the Republic, in the world. But this is our 41st year of, of operation. Um, and uh, uh, we, we keep good people alive by offering uh, what we think is, is excellent training, uh, teaching people uh, life-saving skills. Give me, give me an idea of, uh, of, of the kind of classes that you offer and the, the things that, uh, that you do as far as training there at Gunsight. Okay, I'm not sure we have enough time, but <laughs> I, I, I can try. And it was great seeing you out here a couple of weeks ago with good folks, Kimber and Galco and, and Hornaday with, with that event that was going on. Uh, but we offer, when Gunsight opened in 1976, it was called the American Pistol Institute. And it was started by uh, the late Colonel Jeff Cooper and his wife, Janelle Cooper. And he used Gunsight, or the American Pistol Institute, as sort of a laboratory uh, for his continuing and ongoing studies of pistol craft and uh, shooting, defensive shooting. So it started out initially with just pistol classes. There was one level of pistol class. Then things grew and there were two levels of pistol. And then uh, Colonel Cooper was, was a rifleman as much as much as anything. So then they added a general rifle course, uh, bolt guns. And then there were more callings for more classes. So they added uh, carbines, uh, the 556 platforms. Uh, and the uh, the AK variants, and then shotgun, and it, it's grown on and on from there. So now we offer uh, uh, three levels of pistol, uh, two levels of carbine, two levels of battle rifle, and battle rifle is a thirty caliber uh, semi-automatic platform. We do still offer the general rifle courses, 
We offer North American game courses and safari courses. We offer long range, which is out to about 1,500 yards, and extreme long range rifle courses, which go out to about 2,400 yards. Uh, we have a couple levels of shotgun. We do uh, some specialty classes, such as a citizen response to active shooter, uh, vehicle defense, a class we call BRAVE, which is Ballistic Response Against Violent Encounters, which covers home defense and street crimes. Uh, we offer close quarters pistol classes. We offer edged weapon classes. Uh, we offer a trauma medicine class. Uh, back when the war was first starting, the trauma med was based on a wartime platform. Now it's based on an active shooter platform. Bad thing happens at your workplace. You have your fight. You shelter in place. You're waiting on some of the cavalry to come in and help, and you've got some hurt people in there. What can you do to keep them alive in that golden hour? Uh, so we're, we offer a, a variety of different courses, as well as we will tailor classes just for our clients. Last week, we had a half a dozen clients that had been here before who wanted some specialty stuff in pistol and carbine, and uh, we worked them very hard. Uh, I'm sorry, another thing I thought of, in one of our pistol classes, we offer uh, in conjunction with Crimson Trace. So it's based on pistols with lasers and, and how we can focus more on those. It's our regular 350 intermediate pistol, but, but we've added lasers to it. So we'll build what you want, and we'll, we also work with the industry on other specialty things. Awesome. So you covered quite a bit of history there and what you're doing now. What would you say the the training philosophy is uh, of Gunsight? You know, how do you how do you teach these adult learners and and what? We've been fortunate over these 41 years. We've got some of, if not the best instructors in the business. Uh, and uh, you know, and my background is law enforcement, and and I've taught, I've attended, and I've taught at our state academy and. And a lot of your listeners have as well, whether it's a military background or law enforcement. And, yeah, we can yell and scream at you and have you do push-ups and, and all those things, but that's not adult education. And in this case, we're offering adult education and life-saving skills. And my term is I, I want the clients to have the show with dinner. That is, if you're having fun, even though we're covering and teaching very serious topics, if we're having fun, your learning curve is going to run. And you're going to retain more of it. And, and that's the critical part of it, is you want to be able to, to learn it and, and have it in that toolbox so you can pull it back out when, when you need it later on. So uh, uh, to me, it's, it's being able to, to reach everybody from that little old lady who's a door greeter at Walmart to the clients we have that really weren't here because they come from different alphabet agencies or, or uh, special military units. We've got to be able to reach all those folks and, and teach them as, as efficiently and effectively as we can. Hey, you almost mentioned a word that I use sometimes, uh, entertainment. Um, there's there's a lot of folks out there that, that come to classes that, you know, they're like, hey, I'm not going to really run a carbine ever in my life, you know, most likely, unless something really bad happens. Um, but I, I like to go out and completely kid up and do like fantasy band camp kind of thing or man camp. And, um, I, I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, this is another person becoming more well-regulated in case we need that person or that person needs those skills. Um, but you know, some people, I, I, I believe that there's a, there can easily be a good balance of entertainment and training at the same time. You know, some people are always saying things like, oh, this isn't here for fun. We're not here for that. I'm like, well, why else would you drop 400 to $500 for a weekend 
and you know go out to a range and, and do some work you know it's a it 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 has to be a little bit of fun and if people aren't having fun then they're probably not going to come back and do it again or, or keep going in this lifestyle so how, how do you balance you know making it fun but also practical and training for a real world at the same time that's that's the secret to it isn't it we want it to be we want it to be extremely educational so they feel like they're they're really taking something away from it but if they're having fun when they're doing it, uh, again, their retention rate is going to be higher, and, and they are apt to come back. And that's what we want is that ongoing training. Um, too, too many folks, as, as Colonel Cooper would say, too many folks own a piano and think they're a musician. Uh, and, and that's not the case. Too many folks, as you know, uh, go to the, the gun store, uh, buy what they think is the best blaster, shoot it a half a dozen times at Uncle Ned's farm at, at soda cans in the backstop, and hide it in their underwear drawer, and they think when the flag flies, they're going to be ready. And that's not the way it works. You do not, I think it was Barrett Tillman, Gunsight grad and a, and a noted author, says you don't rise to the occasion, you default to your level of training. So where I'm going with this roundabout answer is that if they're having fun, their retention rate is greater so that they will default to a higher level of training. So what we've got to be able to do is, is we have a great mix of instructors, here, and if, if my method of teaching, you may be a visual learner, an audible learner, a hands-on learner, well, I, I, we don't know that when the student comes in, but by having a great mix of multiple instructors in the course, one of our methods of teaching or the collaboration of the three or four of us will find a way to reach that person, and then as a result, they'll retain it. Again, we could treat them like boot camp. If that's what they want and they think that'll help them, we can, we can do that. But uh, we found that's not as effective. It may be for that 19-year-old or that 21 or 23-year-old in, in the law enforcement academy, but for the adults we're working with, uh, there, there's better ways to, to get that information in there and get them to retain that information so they can use it later on. Now, the, the folks that are, that are coming for the entertainment, they are, but still in the back of their mind, if they were just going to be entertained, they'd be heading to, to Disneyland or Universal yep. or something like that. So in the back of their mind, they really do recognize um, that there's some issues and they want to be able to face them. But this also may be a way for them to uh, explain to their non-gun friends, well, yeah, I went to this, this shooting school, but really it's a fantasy camp. So it almost makes it uh, acceptable to, the, to their liberal friends that, oh, I'm not learning to shoot. I'm just going there for, for fun. The, the student who's just not really willing to uh, to say, hey, I, I'm here, I want to learn to be better at defending myself and using deadly force, if that should happen, they, they may not be open to saying that you know, in public or around other people or around their friends or, or anti-gun friends or, or whatever. Do you, do you get those kind of conversations? We do, and, and we get some of those clients. Some of our uh, celebrity clients, for instance, they may be in the film industry or in the music industry. They can't publicly say that they're here, they support Second Amendment, they're, they're here at Gunsight and so on, because the higher-ups in that industry are very strongly liberal, liberal and very anti-gun, and they will get uh, blacklisted, if you will, um, from what they do. So they come, and they, they will take classes with us, but we're very discreet. And uh, then some of them also will go out on firearms blogs, write blogs, but they're writing under a pseudonym. So it's a shame that they have to do that. Um, but that's what they have to do. But God bless them for 
running that risk in, in, in their livelihood because they do believe they, they have a right to and want to learn how to be able to protect themselves and their families. Now, some of the other folks that are just earth people, as I, as I call them, and I stole that line from our, our late friend Pat Rogers, um, earth people come and, and some are more private than others. But generally, the class dynamics here um, are, are very strong at Gunsight. Um, and we call it the Gunsight family. And, and as the week goes on, people in these classes are making lifelong friends. Uh, and as, the, as they realize they're, the people they're with are like-minded people, they're good people, they're, they're here to be eager to learn, well, then they start opening up a little bit more and they do talk a little more freely. Ken, who would you say your number one student is, your number one customer, you know, the, the person that that whenever you're developing a new class, whenever you're uh, putting together a program or anything, or you're marketing out there to them, who would you say your your number one client is? Again, my uh, the, the term I stole from Pat is Earth people, just the run of the mill. Joe, the plumber, a little old lady who, who works at Walmart. We're, we're blessed to have law enforcement and military clients, some of the, the best in the world, but that's not our bread and butter. Our bread and butter is folks, the folks that are listening to, to us right here, right now. They're the ones that come. And some of them are have been saving their nickel and dimes. If you're old enough to remember deposit on pop bottles, you know, they've been saving the deposits so they can get out the gun site and take this class. That's that's our primary clientele. And that's the way Jeff Cooper uh, set it up as well. He wanted the, the average citizen to be able to attend, and that's who his focus was on. He could learn how to better defend themselves. All right. Hey, we're going to take another little quick break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask a question along those exact same lines. We'll be right back. In the 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911 under the motto, One Gun, One Gunsmith. Each 1911 is handmade with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up. Ken, why do you say, uh, you know, that the armed citizen is, is the, the bread and butter? Why do you think it's important that that be your, your core competency or your, your, your top student at Gunsight? Coming from a law enforcement background, you know, I was 35 years at a sheriff's office. Um, the first responder is you. You are going to be the first responder, whether it's at a, at a critical incident at your home, a critical incident at the mall, uh, you know, Manchester just happened, the critical incident at a concert, a public gathering. So you've got to be able to defend yourself and your family until the cavalry can arrive. I, we do want them to call the, the law enforcement and let them get there and, and help resolve the problem. But it's going to be, depending on where you are, five, six, seven minutes or 20 minutes till that help can arrive. So we don't want people to be cowering in the corner, covering their loved ones with their bodies uh, while they're waiting on that help to arrive. We want, we want to be able to train up good people so they can begin to start solving those problems uh, before the, 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 first, the, the professional first responders can arrive. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I'm in one of the, the few locations in the country that I know of. I don't really know of any other one. I'm at Alliance Police Training right now in Alliance, Ohio. And there's a great. It's awesome. Uh, local SRT teams out there training right now. You might have heard a little shooting in the background. 
Um, Steve Fisher's got a shotgun class tomorrow and a couple days of handgun. He's in the next building over prepping. As training police has people coming from all over the world, uh, or sometimes all over the world, uh, feds, um, local law enforcement, law enforcement all over the place come here and train. But they also, the local PD says, hey, we're going to do some training with our officers next week. Uh, or the next week, and they'll put it up, put out the schedule. We're going to do some handgun training, some rifle training. Why don't you guys come out? Because if you call us, we're going to respond, and we're probably not going to get there in time. Um, you need to be able to protect yourself because we're not going to be able to protect you. And they invite the public to come out there and train with uh, the police department. And that is absolutely awesome and exactly what you're just talking about. Right, It is. And let me take a point of personal pride here uh, at, at the – the sheriff's office where I worked before uh, before I was sheriff, I had a very good sheriff who let us start doing uh, citizen pistol classes. And then we started hosting people like Gunsight, Louis Auerbach, Pat Rogers, Bill Jeans with Morgan Consulting, Gunsight, uh, Colt, uh, tactical treatment of gunshot wounds, and so on. We started hosting, but it wasn't just law enforcement in the past. We, we were civilians uh, into those classes, and they trained right alongside our guys and gals. And some of the Alliance folks early on came to Pat Rogers' classes uh, there at, at my sheriff's office, and then they took that idea back up there, and, they, and they've grown it exponentially at the Hawaii of the Midwest, I think is, is still the, the fun term for it up there, and they've built that great shoot house they've got. And l- let, me, let me change hats here from my gunsight hat back to my sheriff hat. What a great way to to uh, work with your public um, and, and build bridges with your public. Uh, many times the public think uh, the law enforcement are, are uh, standoffish and they think they're better than, than the citizens are and so on. Well, if you can get them in classes with your cops, they build bridges, they build friendships, they have a better understanding. Um, again, I, from a cop standpoint, I'd much rather have a trained citizen at home as opposed to that person who did just buy that gun, shot it a half a dozen times. Now they're standing there thinking they're going to be able to protect themselves. That's more fearful to me than a trained person. The other side of it is, let's take it a step further. Who do you want sitting on your jury? If you're involved in a shooting, do you want a citizen that knows all they need to know about shooting because they've seen John Wayne and Mel Gibson and uh, all these other blast up TV shows and movies, or do you want somebody that actually had some training? Real, honest-to-God, legitimate training like is offered in Alliance for the public. So there's a lot of great things. So I, I'm, I'm just proud of Alliance that they're continuing on with that, and uh, it's, it, it will pay off exponentially for them. Something that I've observed a lot, I didn't really realize how important it was until just a few months ago, but I've had done law enforcement only stuff because a lot of the agencies, they don't want to be in front of the general public. They're, well, we can't, we can't let our hair down. We can't, we can't really go a hundred percent and fail on the range if we're in front of other, in front of civilians. And I, I think that's the wrong mentality, but a lot of them have that. Even sometimes where they've asked, Hey, we're at an indoor range. Can we put up some sheets and blankets or curtains over the window so people can't see us out here training and, and messing up and, and everything else? Cause they need to have, we, we, we shouldn't let them see those things. They might run a camera, you know, and I, I get it a little bit, but it's, uh, I still, I, I don't really agree with it. Since I started my new company back in January, uh, everywhere I go and train, if I've got open seats in my class, 
I contact local law enforcement and I invite officers to come out, you know, for free to fill those seats to get them better training. And one, I think the training across the country is horrible. The more I see, especially with rifles, the more I realize they need more training. Um, and most officers will tell you that exact same thing, the ones that are switched on anyway. And at the same time, they don't really know this, but I know it. It enhances my class so much to have two law enforcement officers in that class. Uh, when I'm talking about use of force, when I'm talking about ethics, when I'm talking about um, you know statutes, and I'm talking about case law and some other things in the, in the defensive handgun class, we can an active shooter response and the re- responding to the responding officer, you know, in that dangerous situation, uh, immediate post engagement stuff. They add to the class so much and they make the, because they reinforce the things that I'm talking about and they give their own perspectives, which make a lot of sense. And the officers understand that not every concealed carry person out there is some guy who just bought a gun and put it in a sock, you know, and carried it and has an ND at the mall, you know, in the bathroom or whatever else. They realize like, man, these people are competent. They're, they're better than a lot of my officers on, on the, the agency with me. And their confidence in the armed citizen goes up a lot higher. And the armed citizens is like, man, this is so awesome to train with you guys. You guys are really good shooters and out here working, uh, you know, on your day off. And then they, they get a whole new found respect for each other. And the class is better. The learning is better. And they, they I get it in every single debrief. Uh, man, I have a newfound respect for you armed citizens now. I, I did not realize you were this good. And sometimes they're better than the officers are. I'll tell you another benefit that can come of it, and I, and I can speak to this firsthand. We'd get uh, the citizens taking the classes, and I'd be talking about our budgetary constraints. They'd cut my ammo budget. They'd cut our equipment budget. They'd cut our training budgets as they're trying to live within, within the means. And some of these folks uh, that were taking the classes would have the wherewithal. They'd make a donation to our department. Hey, here's... $100, here's $1,000, use it to help buy some carbine, use it to help send somebody to school, buy some more ammo for training. And again, that's look, look at what that's saying, where now a person who's a taxpayer is wanting to give you more Yep. because of the experience they had in that course. So it's a great thing. And let, let me take a little uh, side note here, too. You're talking about the some of the police don't want to shoot in front of the, the, the regular folks because they might screw up. Let's take that to the instructor level. Um, I always shoot in classes and if I, in front of the students, and if I screw up, it's a teaching point. Yeah, I'm as human as they are, and if I make an error, I can say, look, this is what I did, and here's why I think I did it, so I've got to work on this. And I think that uh, is a mark of a good instructor and, and uh, builds more credibility with, with your students. Absolutely. I am not a machine. Uh, I screw up more than the average screw up out there, right? All the time. You've been watching me shoot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you were, you were a good shooter, but even, even still, you know, we, we, we want to be able to replicate it every single time, but there's always, you know, it just doesn't always work out that way. And when it doesn't, you know, that's, that's a teaching moment. You know, I'm not saying I, I mess up on purpose to talk about something. Uh, I give 110%. It's an opportunity. We're going to take another little quick break, and we'll be right back uh, with one more question. I've got another episode lined up with Ken just after this, which is uh, some really interesting material about how to become a gun sight instructor. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. 
Right, Ken. How can people learn more gun sight and real and pick out the class and 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 figure out which class is best for them and and where to start? Okay, first I'd look at our website, gunsight.com, and that that'll give you the complete overview of all the classes and, and information, places to stay, the great campground we've got, and so on and so on. Then once they've got some ideas on on what all's available, then where they come up with concrete questions, send me an email, ken at gunsight.com. Yeah, I'm on the website also. Or pick up the phone, give me a call, or give Dave Hartman, our training director, a call. And, and we'll sit and visit with you as long as we need to to help get things squared away so that you can figure out what class best suits you and then how we can support uh, you getting out here. Uh, we also do off-site classes, too. Uh, we offer uh, a five-day pistol class in Richmond, Virginia at the, the Great Colonial Shooting Academy. Great indoor range, great indoor shootouts. We offer three-day courses up at the Firearms Academy of Seattle, Marty Hayes' place. Uh, we do several three-day classes in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Uh, we do uh, uh, some uh, three-day off-sites, uh, courtesy of the Putnam County, Indiana Sheriff's Office uh, in Green uh, Greencastle, Indiana. And I'm hoping uh, here in the next week or two I'll have some things worked out in the uh, Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy area also. So whether you're coming to, to Disneyland, coming right out to Gunsight itself and doing a five-day class, or maybe we can, we can entice you by having something closer to your neighborhood, um, we can we can help get you that way. That sounds good. I'm about to move down to Miami, so that Cape Canaveral is not going to be too far from me. Well, I mean, it's uh, I'll take the high desert over the humidity. Yeah, as long as it's heat, I just don't like cold. Uh, I'll I'll take heat any day of the week. Awesome, thanks, Ken. Uh, and we'll be right back in the next episode talking about what it takes uh, to become a prestigious gunsight academy instructor, and it not a two-day class or a week-long instructor development. It is a life of training. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode.